What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. This is episode number 92. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I am joined, as always, by your other co-host, Jada is bald and shit, also, <laughs> also known as Travis. It's a, it's a great Zencaster name this evening, uh, Travis Que Bueno. <laughs> Cheese. <laughs> Cheese good. Queso Bueno. Oh, nothing. Nothing. I was mm-hmm. reading about this new restaurant that opened up that I sent you a link from. It's called Sports Bra, the sports bar that only shows women's sports. Oh, well, that's interesting for, sh- for sure. Yeah. I mean, my first question was do they show enough women's sports? <laughs> I mean, what do they show when they're not on? Would be my question then. Right. My second thought is um, when does it close? Yeah. And how long is it going to last? No offense. Yeah. So they'll they'll literally never put on a men's sporting event. That's what it says, you know, which is uh, the opposite of inclusion, which you know you would assume they were trying to do there, um, like to point yeah. that out. Now, as one person in the comments said, would you go to a Thai restaurant and complain they don't have enchiladas? Well, of course not. But mm, would you fair. go to a normal sports bar and complain they're not showing the women's NIT when the Lakers are on? So to mm. me, it's the same thing. Also fair. Also so fair. It's, it's, it's the same argument. Like it's it's yeah. Yeah, anyway, whatever. You've gotten very deep here right off the bat. Yeah, and by the way, enchiladas are better than Thai food. Let's, let's be clear. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's a, that's a no-doubter. Well, I, I don't really have anything interesting to say. I didn't think of anything witty for this one. I was watching an episode of The Wire before we started, and I'm close to the end of season four, which is the second to last season. So I have the... Season finale of season four left, and then the final 10 episodes of the last season of the show. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're getting there. Season four has been very enjoyable. Season three is kind of a a low point, in my opinion, and, and four comes back pretty good. So I'm interested to see how it wraps up in, uh, in season five. So anyway, Travis, uh, we're a PlayStation podcast, and uh, you and I get together each and every week, and... We discuss all of the week's news, rumors, new game releases, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We do it all in under 90 minutes, of course, and we post new episodes on Monday on all of the usual podcast services as well as the YouTube, where we also share gameplay videos, which we've been doing pretty often and hadn't, uh, had some good traction on your Gran Turismo video and uh, the, the Cyberpunk video. Before or after the copyright. Oh, before the copyright, before the, that's a good point. Yeah. Before the copyright, that is weird, but, but, I, but it's still there. Like it's still live, but that is a good point. I wonder if you get a copyright strike, if they make it like not show up in searches. That is a good, that's a fair question. Were you the one that told me how they, how they find these videos and copyright claim them? Yeah, they pay, they, these yeah, right. companies like Polyphony probably, or Sony probably pays like a third party company and that's all they do. They just like crawl YouTube looking for you know, Gran Turismo copyright infringement. Yeah, so they hire a bunch of like, what do you call them? Union stewards? That's really what they are. They just, they just <laughs> yeah. walk around and look for shit that's violated that nobody's worried about. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to the YouTube, you can also find us on the usual social media, of course, like Twitter, at the DualSense Pod, as well as Facebook and Instagram, where I post virtual photography. Um, got some... Gran Turismo, we've got some Horizon on there, we've got some Cyberpunk, all of the latest and greatest that we've been playing, and also, uh, check out our blog, which is thedualsensepodcast.wordpress.com, and without further ado, 
let's uh, get into the news here, Travis. And you're you're going to murder me over this first one, but just try to stay awake and try to stay off Twitter, and uh, we'll get through it together. But this is important. Number one, it finally happened, Travis. Sony revealed the long-rumored and terribly-kept secret Project Spartacus this week. As Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan graced the PlayStation blog to outline the new subscription service. At its core, this new service will combine PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now into one product beginning in June, and it features three membership tiers. PlayStation Plus Essential, which is the exact same service that PlayStation Plus is currently. The price varies by region, but in the U.S. it will cost $10 monthly, $25 quarterly, or $60 annually. The second tier is PlayStation Plus Extra, and it includes all of the normal benefits of PlayStation Plus, but adds a catalog of up to 400 PS4 and PS5 games, including some PlayStation first-party games, all of which will be downloadable. Again, the price varies by region, and in the United States will cost $15 monthly, $40 quarterly, or $100 annually. And finally, there's the PlayStation Plus Premium tier, which includes all benefits from the first two tiers, but adds up to an additional 340 games, including PS3 games via cloud streaming, a catalog of classic PS1, PS2, and PlayStation Portable games available to both stream or download, and time-limited game trials for select games. Price varies by region. In the U.S. will be $18 monthly, $50 quarterly, or $120 annually. This means that every generation of PlayStation hardware is included in the service in some form, except for the beloved PlayStation Vita, which likely is due to the handheld's touch controls. Users who live in, in a market that, that does not support PlayStation Now streaming will get PlayStation Plus Deluxe, a modified version of the Platinum tier at a lower price. Ryan also revealed that, as expected, no day one first party releases will come to the service, but he did share which PlayStation Studios games will be available at launch, including God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Returnal. Once the new service launches, PlayStation Now will cease to exist as a standalone service, and anyone subscribed to Now will automatically be placed in the PlayStation Plus Premium tier with no increase to their current fees until their next renewal date. Ryan also said that Sony will roll out the service in phases in June, starting with the Asian markets, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world after that, with the goal to have most markets live by the end of the month. In a post-announcement interview with GamesIndustry.biz, Ryan once again reiterated that bringing PlayStation Studios titles to the service day one is simply not feasible in Sony's eyes, saying, quote, putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going down with this new service. We feel, we feel, we feel if we were to do that with the games we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that would that we make would not be something that gamers want, end quote. However, Ryan was quick to add that things could always change, adding, quote, the way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever. Who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC, end quote. While the monthly prices have come under some criticism this week as the highest tier of the new service will run $18 per month, Ryan said Sony wants to compete on annual pricing, telling Games Industry, quote, It is a fact, for our services at least, that the great majority of people subscribe through a 12-month subscription. 
It's more than two-thirds who subscribe that way. We think, for what people are going to get, this is a terrific value proposition, end quote, in reference to, in reference to the $120 a year for the premium tier. And finally, to wrap up yet another novella, Travis, Ryan said that while subscription services have been an area of massive growth for PlayStation, he doesn't see the games industry getting to Netflix or Spotify levels due to the way the mediums are consumed, adding that he sees live service games as the future battleground, saying, quote, that phenomenon of the live service game that has in a very large part fueled the enormous growth in the gaming industry that we've seen over the last 10 years. I think that trend towards live services will continue, and if you look for a model in our category of entertainment, which supports sustained engagement over a long period of time, live service games arguably fit that bill better than a subscription service. End quote. All right. So a lot there, but it's all the info on Spartacus and some insight into how we got here and the future. So what do you make of any of this? You know, if you listen to other other episodes, you've heard us talk about the three tiers, what they, we thought they would look like, what we thought they might cost, and we were we were in the ballpark on all of those things. I could say for me personally, um, it completely depends on what the catalog of games is as to which tier I fall in. Yes, yes, I can afford the most expensive one. Yes, that is a luxury that some people don't have. I understand that, but you know, even sixty dollars a year to play online with your friends is is it's not that bad. You know, it's one game and. Mm-hmm. most of us as gamers take a flyer on a couple of games a year anyway. So if you look at it that way, just don't take the flyers, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's the easy way to look at it. I would like to point out at that last quote, thinking of the live service as the same level as a Netflix or Spotify and the way you consume the game. Um, actually, it makes a lot of sense to me. I hadn't considered the game, the live service type model like that before, mm-hmm. but it does seem to fit that pretty well. Just, just the, you know, of course, you know, you might play a, a live service game for years but you consume it in a way that's similar it's like a quick consumption right like it like I'm, that model doesn't work for the types of triple a games you typically see out of playstation so one thing i would like to point out was if you're hinging buying this or rating its value based off of the idea that we have to have triple a games for playstation immediately on the service day one i think that you're an idiot that you don't understand how this works mm-hmm it doesn't make sense for them to do that for multiple reasons. Reasons he just said here about the level of investment they need, it won't be, wouldn't be possible to knock on affect the quality. All of those things are true. But also, you know, like, like we said before, Microsoft is a big enough company on the back end that they can eat those losses and hope that eventually it lets them beat their competitor out so then they can recoup those losses in the future. That's something that we've seen other well, for lack of a better term, other monopolies do in other businesses. We've seen railroad companies do that, light companies done that, you know, in the early 1980s, 1800s, that type of thing. So that that is a model that has worked in the past. That's kind of what Microsoft mm-hmm. is doing. PlayStation can't do that because one, they can't afford it, but two, they don't need to. Their first party sure. games sell like hotcakes. And look at Spider-Man Miles Morales. It, 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 it's so and so many copies. So is Ghost of Tsushima, Ratchet and Clank. Horizon, they they sell. So it's like, why do that? Why put them immediately on this service? You're just losing money. Like it's kind of stupid. Now, if they don't sell yeah. like that, then it would make sense. But you know, it's just it's asinine to expect that as far as I'm concerned. So that that is a point I would like to get across. Another point I'd like to make, and I sent you this this graph earlier this week. How many people do you know with Paramount Plus? 
only myself until about a week ago. Exactly. How many people do you know with Netflix? Oh, everybody. Game Pass subscribers on Xbox are less than Paramount Plus subscribers. Yeah, that's astonishing. That I think that tells you a lot. There's nothing there's nothing there. Like there is nothing on Paramount except for what? Ye- Yellowstone and it has more subscribers. Mm-hmm. Point being, if Xbox made one decent game, they would they would move up the subscription service. They're they're, they're at the bottom of the ladder. It's so strange to me. As much as they talk yeah. shit. But that that I thought was interesting, but look like I told you before, and I've said a hundred times, it just you know it depends on what I want to see what these backlog of games are. Um, I like what they did with the structure. I thought having you know PlayStation Now and then another service like PlayStation Plus was silly. I always thought it should be one thing. They are mm-hmm. doing that. They're also giving us tiers, which is user friendly, and they're trying to give you some decent value. The last thing I'd like to point out, though, that I think is actually kind of nobody's talking about this, or I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this. Look at the PlayStation Studios games on there for the release, right? Mm-hmm. You have Miles Morales and Returnal, right? Both of those games are what? A year, year and a half old? Right. Point being, they'll be there. They'll be there. I think they're showing you that they'll be there right here. Right. It's not going to be day one. It might be day 366, but it'll be there. So I think that that's yeah. a thing to keep in mind. Yeah, well, you've given me a lot to unpack here, so let me let me pick up with follow-ups to some things that you said, and then I'll give my overall kind of impressions of the service it, itself. So to your point about Returnal and Miles Morales, Returnal is the most recent of all the games listed there, and then Miles Morales, you're right. So it does make you wonder if... Because obviously they're eventually first party games are going to come to the service, at least for some time. So it makes you it does make you wonder if, you know, is one year the playbook? Uh, you know, after games have been on the market for a year, they're gonna come to uh the PlayStation Premium service. Is that the case? Very possible. And then alongside that, I've seen some rhetoric on the Twitter this week that once PlayStation fans figure out that cadence that they're just going to wait. They're not that it's going to hurt that it's going to intrinsically hurt first party game sales anyway, mm-hmm. even though they're not going to include them day one because people are going to figure out that hey, twelve to eighteen months after they release, this game's going to come to the service. My argument for that is that while yeah, I'm certain that there if that is the case, that there will be some people who are perfectly fine doing that. There are going to be people people who are perfectly fine waiting 12 to 18 months to play Horizon Forbidden West or Grand Turismo 7 and so on. There, there, there will be those people, no doubt. But I would counter-argue that, that the people who are going to have the PlayStation Premium service are your most dedicated and hardcore fans, and there's not a fucking snowball's chance in hell that those people are waiting 12 months to play right. any of those titles if they're interested. Yeah, it's like waiting on it to go on sale to me. Yeah, I'm not waiting a year to play Horizon Forbidden West. Now, I might wait a year to play Gran Turismo 7 on there because that is not for me anyway. But if it comes in a year, then sure, I'll give it a shot. Okay. So, I think that it's a little bit of it's a little dramatic to sit there and say that. To your other point about Xbox and kind of competing directly with Xbox and Microsoft. One of my points online this week was that people need to understand that if Xbox could do what PlayStation and Nintendo can do with their first party games, meaning release 
three or four a year and they be extremely high quality and they sell tens of millions of copies, Xbox would do that and not, and then and let me back up and do that and then not put those games on some type of subscription service day one. Xbox would 100,000% do that without a fucking shadow of a doubt. Okay. They would do that. Guys. It's, it's, they're going to make more money that way. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be, I don't, I'm not into the console war and whatever, like just play whatever you want to play and enjoy it. But like, just miss me with that bullshit. Okay. They would 100% prefer to be Nintendo or PlayStation. That's just the truth. Now they're not, they can't be. So circling back here in order for Xbox to maintain pace, to keep the market share that they have, they almost have to guerrilla warfare this shit. And what I mean by that is that they have to try to get PlayStation and Nintendo to meet them in the mud. It's like that movie The King on Netflix where they try to get the soldiers in the valley that's all muddy and wet and marshy because that's the only way that they can beat them because they can slow them down and they're, they have no armor on and the French have all the armor on. It's just like that because if they can get Sony to take a hit and just eat eat shit, hey, I rhymed, on, by somehow one day putting their first party games day one on the service, then they know that they've got them in yeah. a way. Does that make sense? Because they know that that's not sustainable in yeah, a healthy home. way. For, yeah, that's <laughs> they know that's not sustainable in a healthy way for Sony. And that's just the truth too, that Sony is just not a, as big as Microsoft. And where... Xbox is probably the, like the fourth, fifth, or sixth uh, subsidiary of Microsoft in terms of importance. Mm-hmm. PlayStation is number one for right. Sony. So that's all I'm going to say is that there, we knew this was not going to happen from everything that had been reported, that we weren't going to get releases day one. We understand, we know that it's not feasible based on economics for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, would I as a consumer love to have all those games day one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, we always want the best bang for our buck. You know, and there's no doubt about that. But do I understand why they're not? Also, absolutely. Now, to wrap up here, just how I feel about the service in general, I think it's a great value. You know, I saw it a lot. I saw a lot of people because of the lack of day one games, really kind of put it down and, you know, not to see see it as a lack of value or a negative value. And I just disagree with that because, especially as someone who has already subscribed to PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. $120 a year on their own. They're going to get keep me at that same price point and give me more benefits. They're going to give me more games, including now PlayStation 5 games, which we weren't getting on PlayStation now before. And they're also going to give me classic games if I want to play those. PS1, PS2, so on. So I don't know how you can look at it and say, if you're already doing this, you know, that you're not getting an added value. And even if you weren't doing it, if you just go dollars to dollars to dollars, it is objectively added value from where we were. So I, I just don't get that, but I, I'm excited for it in a way it's, you know, it is, it's a incremental step up, I guess. It's not a giant, gigantic leap of, you know, what we're getting out of this service, but it's, it's an improvement, no doubt. So I, I think that's fine, you know, and who knows what it'll look like in four or five years. Like Jim said, things are changing all the time. Number two, early in the week, there was an abundance of rumors and reports alleging a massive week of PlayStation news. And while we did get the official reveal of project Spartacus, we wouldn't quite call that massive. However, kind of funny games, Greg Miller, who was one of the insiders fanning the flames this week, 
said on his YouTube show uh, that there are two other major developments in the works, a PSVR 2 closed-door media showcase and an acquisition announcement. Miller didn't say if the acquisition was of a developer or a publisher, but did say that it is quote-unquote really big, according to his sources. He went on to say, quote, so we're sharing information here, but I've heard from two separate sources, one of them being a pool of people, that it's big, that it's really big, end quote. So a little bit less of a novella here. What do you, what do you make of this? What can you make of it? I mean, I feel like, see, I hate the media because I feel like they just, like, again, like you said, they're just stoking the flames about all this shit. It's a big week. It's a big week and nothing happens. That happens a lot. Also, like, it's really, really big, guys. It's really, really big. And then they're going to turn around and tell me that they made Sly Cooper. That's not really big. <laughs> right, right. Spare me. I'll be surprised if it's really big. I'll say that. Or they'll be like, it's really, really, really big. And then they're going to buy what? What are they going to buy? What is left for them to buy? Yeah. Like Kojima. And like, mm-hmm. I guess you could make the argument that that's really big, but like bigger, big to me would be like Nintendo bought Kojima. <laughs> like, like, cause it's weird. Yeah. So anyway, sure. Sure. Whatever guys, I bet, you know, I, again, I, I hope we get to see something about the PSVR too soon. I'm, I'm kind of tired of waiting and I'm getting impatient, mm-hmm. but yeah, whatever this big news is, I, I, you know, whatever, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, it just, I doubt it's going to impress me at all. Yeah, so there there are some big moves that Sony could make. I mean, they could buy a publisher. For instance, they could buy Capcom. They could buy Square Enix. Those would both be big moves, obviously. Um, That's something that they haven't done that Microsoft has done. I hope that they don't buy a publisher. I would much rather them do something like buy Kojima Productions or even From Software, who are the people who make Elden Ring and the Dark Souls games and so on. I think... I think the one of those two is much more likely. And my money is on that they have bought Kojima Productions. Now, maybe they bought Kojima and From Software, and both of those, maybe not to me and you, because we don't play the Souls games and we don't play Elden Ring and whatever, so it's it doesn't it's inconsequential to me, but it would be a big move. Now, I have been, you know, I've told you on this show before that I, I think that them buying Kojima is pretty much a foregone conclusion because of all of the congruencies of how Kojima and his vision of what he wants to do can be fulfilled really with Sony via not only PlayStation and making games, but just Sony pictures with television and film, which he said he wants to do and Sony music with, he said he's, he wants to do music or some shit. I don't know. He's a weird guy. He can do all that at Sony. It's a Japanese company. It's a no brainer for him in my opinion. So that's what I think it is. That that would be my bet. In terms of the other thing here, the PSVR two, I'm like you. Like we we pretty much know we we pretty much know everything about it except when it's going to come out and how much it's going to cost. And we've got to be getting close to finding that out. I mean, it's it's all. I mean, because developers are getting dev kits, they're showing it off at the game developer conference, and eventually you're going to start getting leaks about stuff. So I feel like that's like imminent, imminent, imminent. The exciting thing about all of this, I guess, is that, you know, like we've talked about too, there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't know. We don't know after MLB The Show, what is the next game that's going to release because we don't have a release date for anything that's in the first party in PlayStation Studios, to my knowledge. I think that's right. And we just have years, like release windows. So we don't know any of that. We don't know when PSVR 2 is coming out. And so Sony has a lot to say. 
PlayStation has a lot in the works. That's exciting, and I think that's why we're kind of latching on to everything everybody says is that because we're, there's just this anticipation that something big is about to happen. And we're just getting these things kind of out of the way one by one. And we're getting Horizon out of the way, Gran Turismo out of the way, MLB The Show out of the way. And then now, you know, Project Spartacus is out of the way. So we, we and even with all that gone, we still know that there's a lot of shoes left to drop. Number three, developer Kojima Productions, speaking of, and studio boss Hideo Kojima have vacated their Tokyo office, Travis, after spending five years at the current location. The team appears to be relocating, as Kojima tweeted, quote, Today is the day we say goodbye to the entrance, the Luden's hallway, and the kitchen that have been our home for a little over five years, end quote. The move is most likely in response to the studio growing to meet the needs of its next project, but Kojima did not offer information on their next location. Kojima Productions also announced back in uh, November of 2021, excuse me, that it had established a satellite studio in Los Angeles focused on television and film projects. So what does it all mean? And coincidentally, the PlayStation headquarters is located in California. What do you think? Yeah, my presumption is he's just moving everything to LA so he can be near everything. It kind of seems silly to not have to have his television and film projects there, but but not have the game studio somewhere else like if i was a business person i'd want it mm-hmm. all in the same city so that's my presumption um what else could it mean you know you know if they're working on this many projects um you could make the argument that maybe either they got some sort of angel investor or maybe they know some money's coming away from a buyout or, or a partnership you could say so yeah i think maybe yeah. there's something to that like like with everything though with kojima this, did you just die <laughs> yeah, just painted my ceiling. I thought it's maybe somebody shot you in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> like everything with Kojima, though, it's a bit of a mystery. And you know, why would he not make it? Why would he not make it mildly cryptic? Um, sure, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just, it just seems like there's something. There could be something there. It just seems like the door is open enough to make you think that. Yeah, I think you have a good theory there. I hadn't considered that. That possibly he could go to Los Angeles. He did tweet something the other day that it's difficult to be in Japan and working with people primarily on in, in California. He said something like that in, on Twitter. So that is interesting for him to say. However, I've never really considered that. However, he, he doesn't seem like someone who would get out of Japan like as his home base. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe so, though. But my theory is that potentially Sony is going to put... So let's just say Sony has acquired him. And my theory is that Sony is going to put Kojima Productions and Team Asobi, who are the people who did Astros, uh, the Astro stuff in a building together and have like a Japanese, you know, headquarters or whatever for PlayStation Studios is my, is my guess possibly. But I like your theory too. And especially combined with the shit he's been saying on Twitter. And like you said, it's always cryptic. So who, who knows? Watch all this pan out that he's been bought by Microsoft or something. <laughs> he's moving to Seattle or some shit. Nobody wants to fucking live in Seattle, first of all. <laughs> Hideo does all it does is rain and dark, and he's a sad bastard, right. so. Yeah, it's got it. Seattle's not as bad as Portland. Hmm. Number four, recently acquired PlayStation Studio Fire Sprite is working on a AAA horror adventure game. Horror adventure game, according to a, not a horror adventure game, according to a new job listing. <laughs> you just roam around looking for dick. 
<laughs> According to a new job listing on the studio's website, uh, the UK-based team stated in the job posting, quote, we are looking for a narrative director to join our development team for a AAA narrative-driven horror adventure game in Unreal 5, meaning Unreal Engine 5, of course. Fire Sprite is also co-developing the PlayStation VR 2 spinoff of the Horizon series, Horizon Call of the Mountain, in partnership with Guerrilla Games. We also know that Fire Sprite has a third project in development, according to website Video Games Chronicle, who reported back in January that the studio had taken over development of Lucid Games' rumored Twisted Metal reboot for PlayStation, including hiring away that game's director. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Twisted Metal thing. Yeah, I think I think this is a kind of a pretty cool opportunity for for Fire Sprite to really kind of showcase what they what they can do because jumping into this VR two spinoff and then taking over Twisted Metal, it's given them a chance to salvage a known IP at Twisted Metal, which, from what we understand, before it got switched to Fire Sprite, had some right. issues, and then being able to piggyback off of a well known IP that is very popular right now, that is healthy, you could say, could be very cool for them. So. That is a way to put their name on some big brands, right? So then when they roll out their AAA thing that is completely on their own, they, they've kind of built up a background. They've had experience working with multiple PlayStation systems. They are very familiar with the, um, with the OS and all that fun stuff. So I think this is kind of like, you know, most studios make a, make a game and that's kind of their first game or whatever, however you want to look at it, whatever I'm trying to say. But like this lets them kind of ease into it, I think, in a way. like. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting. Like it's like a like a minor league tryout or like a like an exhibition game or something. Right. This this studio is very interesting interesting to me for a couple of reasons. First is that Sony is trusting them with some big IP. They're trusting them with uh, Horizon, and they're also trusting them with Twisted Metal, both of which are big. Well, one one's not so big anymore because it, you know Twisted Metal's been dormant for a long time. But those are, historically, it's a big IP for PlayStation, and then Horizon, like you said, currently is very healthy, has a lot of uh, cachet. So Sony PlayStation obviously has a lot of trust in these guys, and of course they've worked together before in a second party capacity. But very interesting to see what uh, you know with the projects that they're working on. Also, the other interesting thing about them is that like we've talked about on the show they are one of the teams that is working on three projects simultaneously and if i remember correctly they have a they have, their staff count is over 300 employees so that checks out like we've talked about before i think that's like naughty dog fire sprite who else is probably gorilla i think uh, has three projects going on and maybe one other so you know that this is the direction that we're headed is that i think sony wants these and then also, in, in, also interestingly, remember that Haven Studios, who they just bought, pitched three games to play, to uh, Sony. So I wonder if that'll be a a a trio of games one day from them that they're working on. But anyway, interesting uh, that they're that Sony's going to have a first party horror game that's not going to be Silent Hill and Kojima. I don't know. We'll see. It's I'm not going to play it if it's a horror game. So, but whatever. Good good on them. Number five, a shift in operational strategy at Sony Interactive Entertainment has led the tech giant to lay off at least 90 employees at its North American offices, according to website Axios. Numerous sales and marketing positions were eliminated and went into effect this week as the PlayStation division is shutting down its merchandiser team in the United States. 
Axios said these positions involved, quote, going to retail stores to prime them to sell PlayStation products and ensure staffers were knowledgeable about them, end quote. PlayStation... PlayStation is also cutting several retail marketing positions as part of the move. Axios sources said that the cuts were attributed to a quote-unquote global transformation of the company's sales and business operations by Sony leadership, and the changes indicate a shift toward more direct-to-consumer marketing, as well as a de-emphasis of both brick-and-mortar retailers and physical game sales. It's worth noting for context that in the last fiscal year, Sony reported that 65% of its game sales were of the digital variety what do you think the first thing i like to point out imagine imagine yourself or hell imagine me oh i imagine myself a lot you're, you mean imagine you know okay you know you're a late teenager young adult i'm working at like let's say gamestop walmart target <laughs> and some asshole uh-huh. comes in to enlighten me about elden ring <laughs> I, could, I don't fucking care okay first of all if they come in here to buy elden ring they don't need me to convince them at all mm. so like this, these jobs don't even make sense to me if that's what they're doing right. You need to go educate us about this, about what are you talking about? Like my generation, our generation, like we do our own research. We find out the own shit. We'll watch videos. Sure. We'll read articles, whatever. Like I'm not expecting a guy at a brick and mortar store who makes $15 an hour to know about a 4k television. But we used to live in that world. If you remember though, like that used to be like you went to Best Buy or HH Craig or whatever, and you expected to, you know. Right. find someone knowledgeable about that stuff but it would not anymore because we have the internet now and cell phones so but continue yeah exactly so like it's it's like a dying thing it's like a traveling salesman almost like you know right. i don't need you to come bring me a vacuum and let me look at it like i can do my own research yeah. and buy it off amazon or whatever so like, mm-hmm. i guess that's an easy way of saying what i was trying to say but i'm, I'm all worked up today that's a valid point so like yeah i mean of course we're going direct to consumer we saw that anyway the 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 market really transitioned during COVID. We really, really went like we were moving anyway yeah. away from physical games and stuff like that, physical media. But like that freaking supercharged it, especially mm-hmm. with everybody's at home. What are we going to do? I, don't, I can't go to GameStop. It's not open or I'm afraid I'll die. I'll just download the game. So, you know, I think once people got used to that ease of it, it's it suddenly became a big part of the market. So. Yeah, this this isn't really surprising to me in in any real way. It's it's interesting though because it seems like just the way they worded it, it almost <laughs> the way that it's worded almost makes me feel like like I don't even know how to explain what I'm trying to say. It almost feels like a like a a nice way of saying like you're irrelevant and we don't need you go away. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I kind of feel like. Yeah, that, without a doubt. I think you make. I think you said it. I think it's well said. I think it's. You know, it's 2022 and industries change. And this one certainly is changing to your point. And COVID accelerated that, uh, that push towards digital. And even these people who have the PS5s with the disk drive, they're still buying the majority of their games digitally. There will come a time, I don't know when, might not even be this console generation, might not be PlayStation 6, but there will come a time where our game console does not have a disk drive. Yeah. That's just it looked like a cable box. Yeah, absolutely. You know this. First of all, I'm never an advocate of people losing their jobs. Okay, and I'm not saying that they they didn't they certainly didn't deserve it. But it sometimes you become redundant, you know, and that's business, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And I'm I'm sure that these people were given some sort of severance package if they were laid off, and 
sure they'll be fine because they have Sony on their resume. But I, I can't believe you that maybe this was after your time at the Target when we worked at Target, but I have a very interesting, well, at least to me, it's interesting. I have an interesting story firsthand account with the old PlayStation merchandiser team. <laughs> and maybe I have never told you this, but when I worked at Target, when uh, I was but a wee lad, and you worked there as well uh, when you were a wee lad, I eventually finagled myself into almost exclusively working in the electronics department. <laughs> yes. So I was, I was the asshole that you referred to that was trying to sell these uh, boomers a television. Right, or extended warranties and all that shit. Yeah, or the time the lady came in and said, I, I need a charger for this thing. And it was a flip phone. This was, again, this is when phones were just becoming a thing, really. And all she had done was turn it off, so I had to just hold the power button and turn the phone back on. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> So I was the asshole that you're referring to trying to help these people, you know, pretend or pretend like I know more about something. But anyway, as a part of that job, we had a lot of product information and binders Mm -hmm. back in the electronics department. And I don't know if you'll remember, but we had a PlayStation binder back in the electronics department. And it was the thickest (laughs) binder you can imagine, full of shit about Sony products and PlayStation products and PlayStation games. And it was just like section after section of like, you know, uncharted. And then here's all this promo material about it. And here's details about the story. And here's this and this. And and then here's, you know, uh, fucking heavenly sword. And then here's PS3 and like all this different shit that PlayStation had. There were tabs basically with all of this info that they wanted you to know to then share with customers who came in and they wanted you, as this says, to be knowledgeable about their products so that you could help them. So jump in really quick. I'd like to point out the reason I read that was because I thought it was interesting, not because I wanted to be good at target. (laughs) Absolutely. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, but if you remember, and I certainly do that, the idea was that, and again, this was when the internet was not mainstream yet. It was kind of in its infancy still in terms of, you know, everything, you know, go to the internet and do this or whatever. So you could, the idea as us, that they call it like the, the PlayStation retail employee incentive program or something oh, like yeah. that. Do you remember this? <laughs> I, and I, so I, completely. <clears throat> yeah. So I actually... Yeah, I haven't been on it in years, obviously, but I used to have one of these PlayStation retail employee incentive accounts and I could read this, all this material that they provided us and I could go on a website and I could take a quiz basically. And if I passed it, then I got points and then I could then use those points to get PlayStation swag. So at one point I had, and I am, I'm sick that I don't still have it because you obviously could only get that shit probably through that. But I had like a lanyard and I had like a cup and like a keychain and I think I had a fucking wallet or something like <laughs> yeah. weird at one point. And so anyway, this is what this was. Okay. This, I want you guys to understand this is what Sony is eliminating. This is what we're talking yeah, about. Not, now, I would argue this is not necessary. Right. <laughs> I also would argue that in my time doing that, I only saw our physical human being that was our rep one time. Okay. And I happened to be there. She was a lady who was in her 40s. She had clearly never played PlayStation in her <laughs> life. Never. Okay. Now she was trained to be able to teach me what teach me, mind you, the kid who already played grew up playing PlayStation. I knew more than this lady. So again, redundant. 
she had been trained to teach me how to sell PlayStation and Sony products. Okay. She came in one day and she updated the binder and she gave me a bunch of swag and a bag and all that stuff, which was nice. Pins and shit, all the stuff I was mentioning. And uh, so that's, I just wanted to tell that little story. I thought that was cool. Kind of a little throwback and uh, from the past. And just to give you, you guys an idea of what this uh, arm of PlayStation that they're moving on from did. And just to show you that that sort of stuff's really not necessary nowadays, in my opinion. Number six, in addition to the future iteration of PlayStation Plus, Sony also announced the April lineup of PlayStation Plus titles this week as well. Subscribers can claim online multiplayer heist game Hood, Outlaws and Legends, on both PS5 and PS4, platformer SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom uh, Rehydrated, sorry, on PS4, and deck-building roguelite adventure game Slay the Spire on PS4. They also announced that Persona 5 will be leaving the PlayStation Plus collection on May the 11th, so be sure to add that to your game library before then. What do you think about the lineup? I mean, we talked before, Hood is pretty fun, especially when you got enough people to play with. It's interesting. I enjoyed it. I think you could yeah. get some, I mean, you could get some decent, fun times out of it. It's definitely worth a try. Uh, you might, it might yeah. latch into you. Who knows? Of course, just SpongeBob. I'm sure that'll get a lot of downloads just because it's SpongeBob. Splay the Spire, I'm not familiar with, but I do know that you should get your uh, pets splayed or neutered. <laughs> that is, uh, oh, Fuck you. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were joking. It's a yes, I did type splay. <laughs> Should be slay the spire. Good thing my brain autocorrected it. Yeah, though. that's good. I was like, what is splay? S play. S play yeah. the spire or the sire, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh yeah, cool. Um yeah, I mean it's not bad. Look, it's it's not the greatest in the world, but hood is fun. Like it's it's a decent time. Sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think it's a it's an okay lineup. Uh, Hood is fine. It didn't really. We kind of got, kind of got stale for us because I don't think we could ever win. I think we were just getting fucking ran. Yeah, so. we would always lose. We would get like one crank in. I remember we got to the point. Where remember we could yeah. like there was a couple of boards like to get more than one crank. There's, there's a couple of boards where I like to get cranked in my uncle's Corvette. We got down to um. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of boards in a row where like they cranked all of them and then we would get the last one and just win. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Hilarious. That does make me. Yeah, that was fun. I will say, I'll give it that. So, man, that makes me want to play it now. Yeah. So the, you're right because you can let the other team do all the work, and then you could just come at the very end and do like a couple of cranks, you know, and mm-hmm. be done. We've seen cranks. You know how it is to. <laughs> you know how it is to just get a couple of cranks yeah. in and be done, right? Four stroke gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Number. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, Travis. We also have a bunch of news nuggets, and uh, feel free to jump in here with me. First nugget, Uncharted developer Naughty Dog announced this week that its mobile game Uncharted Fortune Hunter has been removed from app stores, and its online functionality has been shut down as well. Players can still play the game in offline mode until it is removed from your mobile device, so basically don't delete it <laughs> if you want to have it. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that the federal discrimination lawsuit against publisher Activision Blizzard is moving forward with a settlement agreement between them and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in the United States, and it will set aside $18 million for victims of the company's discrimination. So they can make that up in like one week on Call of Duty uh, (laughs) microtransactions, I think Tom Henderson said. Also, Activision-owned Call of Duty support studio Beanox is opening a second location in Montreal, Canada, and plans to increase staff count by 20%. P- 
publisher Capcom is increasing the salaries of its Japan-based staff by 30% after multiple years of revenue increases. So do they decrease it if they if they have bad years? That's a fair question. They'll start laying people off like Sony did. Oh, there you go. That's the answer. Yeah. Also, Games Beat reporter Jeff Grubb says that EA Sports will drop the FIFA branding on its long-running football soccer franchise for this year's entry uh, and that it should be announced soon. The game will be titled EA Sports Football Club moving forward. I decided it. to go ahead with that. Yeah, it's terrible. I hope that the comments, they're going to announce this in every comment. It's just going to say FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. Like, hey, there's some thought FIFA anyway. Yeah, it's absolutely. Ridiculous. It's like Kleenex. Absolutely. Yeah. Coke, Kleenex, FIFA. Next nugget. Four U.S. senators have sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission pressuring the regulatory body to investigate Microsoft's act. I'm sorry acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The letter is sponsored by three former presidential candidates, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. The basis for the investigation would be the further negative impact it could have on the workers in the tech industry. Yeah, Democrats really don't like monopolies. No, that's, I mean, you know, that's not nothing. Um, right. That's That could be a problem for Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, like I would be, I wouldn't be like, I give it like a five, like right now. I'd be mm-hmm. like, ah, it's like a thing we have to deal with. It's annoying, right? But like, right. it could be a real problem. I agree. I agree. So I know that's not PlayStation news, but it certainly could be PlayStation relevant if that deal falls it falls apart. Next nugget: Video Games Chronicle reported that E3 2022 has officially been canceled, allegedly in an effort to regroup and return in full force in 2023. I feel like they've been saying that for like three years. I was going to say you had this bullet last year. You just changed the numbers of the year. <laughs> That's what I thought. I think you're exactly right. I've said that before. Multiplayer vehicular heist game Fast and Furious Crossroads is being delisted for sale less than two years after its poorly received launch. Imagine that. The game will no longer be available to buy after April 29th. Yeah, it's about family. Activision is currently hosting its first ever two-week free multiplayer trial for a Call of Duty game as Vanguard is available from March 30th to April 13th for free. It's interesting. I, I feel like they're just like, hey, look, it's just try it. I swear it's not that bad. It's like, yeah, that, like your mom's 100%. like, eat the broccoli. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Next nugget, a second Capcom Arcade Stadium collection appears to be on the way as the South Korean Game Rating Board has new entries for the game on their website. Website Push Square, Push Square reported that Blue Box Game Studios, the developer of Abandoned, has been quietly deleting posts from its Twitter account referring to its plans for the shady title, sparking rumors of it being canceled. However, in a statement, Blue Box claimed that the game is not canceled, but merely delayed. What a fucking joke. That's such a, that is a scam, 100%. <laughs> Action RPG Yeez 8, Lacrimosa of Dana, is being ported to PlayStation 5 by publisher NIS America and will launch sometime this fall. The title was originally a PlayStation Vita title before being ported to PS4 in 2017 and now PS5. Cross platform game invites and a new season of content for Hood, Outlaws, and Legends are launching alongside its debut on PlayStation Plus on April the 5th. High-profile virtual reality enthusiast Bradley Lynch said that in a said that in speaking to VR developers, quote, the current consensus is they are most excited, or I'm sorry, more excited to make their games for PSVR 2 than any other upcoming head-mounted display. End quote. Who the fuck is this guy? I don't know. Never heard of him. Secondarily, are there even any other VR <laughs> units in development? I don't know. Also, speaking of 
VR developer in Dreams, who interestingly enough got their start working on content for PlayStation Home, announced that they are working on multiple projects for PSVR 2. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up that once the new PlayStation Plus service launches in June, you will no longer be able to, pr- to purchase subscriptions through your PlayStation 3 or PlayStation Vita, if for some reason those were the only systems you play on. Sony will shut down the online servers for everybody's golf on September the 30th, 2022, so enjoy the online modes while you can. Don't we own that game? I believe so. I think it was a PlayStation Plus game at some point. The PS5 physical version of Grand Theft Auto V will release on April 12th for $40 if you're interested, or you could just pay $10 digitally. I'll have something to say about that a little bit. Look, look, the discs are going to turn into vinyl records. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. Next nugget. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that new job listings at Activision for Call of Duty related projects reference something called Call of Duty 2.0, which will <laughs> which will include subscription based content alongside the usual premium and mobile games, other game subscription service. Jim Ryan he called it. Ubisoft announced that it would be holding public playtesting for the Division 2's new mode starting on April the first. Insider Tom Henderson reported that Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human developer Quantic Dream is set to be fully acquired by Chinese company NetEase. NetEase acquired a minority stake of the studio back in 2019 and appears poised to take full control in the near future. Wonderful. I just feel like they're done now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, new data mined job descriptions at Riot Games indicate that PS4 and PS5 versions of free-to-play FPS game Valorant are... In the works. I think that's how you say that. Valorant? Valorant? I don't know. The PS5's DualSense controller won a BAFTA hosted Best Controller Ever tournament this week. What's no a, shocker there. It's a BAFTA. Oh, uh, the BAFTAs are like, um, I don't know, the fucking Oscars for video games. What, is it, what does it stand for? Let me look it up. Something. So did you mean to make a double pun there? Because obviously you were saying no shock there because of the dual sense and the name of the podcast, but also the old uh-huh. controller was called the dual shock. Yes, you're welcome. Let me look. At, <laughs> let me look up the BAFTA. What did, that stands for? Something dual- about arts, film, and television. Huh? What? Oh, that would make sense. Did the dual sense play the shock dual shock in the finals? I don't know. I didn't look at the tournament. I just know that the that the the one that should have won came out on fucking top. BAFTA. What does that mean? What does that mean? Bachelor to play us out of arts for. I can't get it to load. Oh, give it a minute. Okay. Next nugget. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Rainbow Six Siege, Call of Duty Warzone, Enlisted, Dead Cells, Horizon Forbidden West, Killing Floor 2, Genshin Impact, F1 2021, Guilty Gear Strive, Babylon's Fall, Rust Console Edition, Fall Guys, Marvel's Avengers, Splitgate, and Path of Exile. So if you've been waiting for some fixes or new content, you might want to look into that. Ah, it's the British Academy Film Awards. British Academy of Film and Television Arts. There you go. Very prestigious, is my understanding. Next nugget, in the face of E3 getting canceled, Mr. Jeff Keighley announced that Summer Game Fest is still going strong and will kick off with a live show in June. Apex Legends finally got a native PS5 version this week featuring 4K60 and other graphical enhancements. Epic Games announced that the wildly popular Zero Build mode in Fortnite is now a permanent mode. 
apparently people are getting work because there's guys that can actually aim. <laughs> oh, and yeah, they, imagine that. They can't build. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Sam Maggs, a lead writer on Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, claimed that her work on the title was erased by the studio once she departed. Maggs claims she was heavily involved in the creation of main character Rivet, specifically, but that she only received mention in the special thanks section of the game's credits. Hmm. Not cool, I guess. I mean, if they erased her work, it would be a special thing. I mean, if they erased her work and replaced it, then she didn't do anything. Right. I I don't know what she wants. There were some reports this week, Travis, of Sony enabling Dolby Vision for PS5 on certain Bravia TVs, which would allow games to look like they're running at 120 frames per second, even though they're not. I don't really understand. PlayStation Game Size revealed that Nobody Saves the World from Drinkbox Studios is headed to PlayStation 5, as its files have been discovered on the PSN database. Drinkbox is the team behind popular PlayStation indie titles like Guacamelee, Severed, and Mutant Blobs Attack, all on the Vita. And other consoles, of course, but mainly on Vita. Sony has filed a new trademark for Knack in Japan, although it doesn't necessarily mean a new game is coming. The last entry in the series was Knack 2, which released in September 2017. Just in the knack of time. (laughs) Oh, he's here for a few more minutes. (laughs) Ripple Effect Studio announced that Battlefield 2042 maps Kaleidoscope and Renewal will get significantly altered as part of the Season 1 update this summer. Okay. Website Gamatsu reported that stealth sandboxed action game Winter Ember will launch on PS4 and PS5 on April 19th, and that that game looks kind of cool. It's like the Thief games. You remember those? Uh, it's kind of it's akin to that. But but winter. But winter, yeah. Roguelite spinoff Dungeon Defenders Going Rogue will come to PS4 and PS5 sometime later this year. The, the phrase "Going Rogue" is one of my favorite phrases of all time. I agree. I think that name is great, and all it is is a subtitle. Eyes going rogue. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Also, RPG One Piece Odyssey, based off the popular One Piece franchise, will come to PS4 and PS5 sometime this year. Metroidvania game Cathedral will release on PS4 on April 12th. First-person exploration game The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition will launch on PS4 and PS5 on April 27th. Action-adventure Match 3 first-person shooter Macho will launch on PS5 sometime this year. It's Match 3. It is like the shit that you do on mobile where you get like the three colored gems in the same row and they disappear. It's like the Tetris thing, you know, like the Tetris uh, mechanic. Yeah, it's basically... I'll watch the trailer for this. It's different. I mean, that's something. (laughs) Big big compliment. (laughs) Uh, also, also, Dungeon Fighter Online spinoff action RPG Project Barbecue has <laughs> changed its code name to Project AK. AK, AK. Yeah, they they backed up a couple letters in the alphabet and has shifted development to now be a Souls like action RPG. Wow, fuck, got to change the name for that. Yeah, we went from like a, like a what hell. would you call it? Like a, a management went from Diablo game. to Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Fucking guys. Also, Zen Puzzle Game Unpacking will come to PS4 and PS5 sometime this spring. Shoot 'em up game Escados. Escados will get a PS4 version on April 7th. Free to play Battle Royale first person shooter Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt will finally launch on PS5 on April the 27th. 
Very excited for yeah, that. Give it a go. Mm-hmm. Fantasy RPG School Building Simulator Valtherian Arc Hero School Story 2 will launch later this year on PS4 and oh, PS5. What do you, what do you mean? Fantasy School Building. What does that mean? Imagine like a Japanese Hogwarts where you manage uh, a academy school. That's not what I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I looked at some of the screenshots. Like, That's what it is. So the girls actually talk to you? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yes, the girls talk talk to you. They're probably wearing bikinis or some shit. Also, Lawn Mowing Simulator, Travis. Stealth released on PS4 and PS5 this week, and it can be purchased for a cool 20% off during its launch window, so awesome. you can get it for 16 bucks. Yeah, and then I can use it to buy a Husqvarna. <laughs> That's right. Action shooting game Pocky and Rocky. We'll head west. That's what my testicles are called. We'll head west on June 24th for PS4. These are also going west in June. <laughs> Attorney Simulation Adventure Game. Oh, yes. God. Legal Dungeon will come to PS4 on April the 5th. Mobile phone hacking. What the fuck? Okay. Mobile phone hacking adventure game Replica will also come to PS4 on April the 5th. I said, what the fuck? Because I don't want that mobile phone shit on my, on my PS4. Open world adventure game, The Courier, will launch on PS5 sometime later this year. That's how we caught Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> this is my safety. The native, PS, the native PS5 version of Dungeon RPG Undernaut's Labyrinth of Yomi. I mean, what the fuck? Yomi's a happening place. We've got Labyrinths and Yomi's. We've got Treks to Yomi. <laughs> <laughs> It'll release sometime this summer. Publisher NIS America and developer Yummy Yummy Tummy announced a collection including Fallen Legion Rise to Glory and Fallen Legion Revenants will come to PS5 sometime this summer. Roguelite action game Samurai Bringer will release on PS4 on April 24th. <laughs> they had to call it Samurai Bringer because they couldn't call it Samurai Comer. <laughs> Uh, ooh, okay. Action game sequel, <laughs> Dusk yeah. Diver 2. Dick Dick Diver 2 will release on PS4 and PS5 in the West sometime this summer. We've gotten really inappropriate yeah, here. Yeah, wait till they release Muff Diver 2. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, NIS America, who have been very busy, will release Kamiwaza Turai <laughs> in the West under the name Kamiwaza Way of the Thief. Believe it or not, Travis for PS4 sometime this fall. We'll have to get and finally, huh? so I'd get confused. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, mercifully, Kamatsu reported developer Screaming Villains. It's a great name. Announced full motion video game re-release, Kids on Sight Hard Hat Edition <laughs> for PS4. It, it will release on June 14th after first launching on Sega or Sega or Sega Mega CD. In November of 1994, the year of our award. A lot of stuff going on there. First of all, great developer name. Second of all, full motion video, which you don't know what that is. <laughs> Third, kids on site, hard hat edition. They could have called it get hard edition. I imagine the I imagine the cover of uh the what is it called the the men down under who sings this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, minute work. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, that's all for the news this week. Let's get this fucking show on the road here, Travis, with you letting us know what new games we have out here now. On the uh, 29th, we had Crusader Kings 3 console edition, very popular PC game, which you're playing, you fucking nerd. 
Also, we Uh-oh. have In Nightmare, which is my work. <laughs> On the 30th, we have Agent Intercept. We also have Escaped uh-huh. First, and then Escape First 3, which you already know how I feel about that. Where's <laughs> the second one? Also, how many Escape First do we need? Uh-huh. Following that, we have Akai and Reed Remastered. On the 31st, we had Lawn Mowing Simulator, Moss Book 2 on the VR, Princess Farmer, Totally Normal Journey, Tropico 6, which I thought was already out. and It is, but this is just the PS5 native version. And then Weird West. That's all for the new game. Nice. So, um, I mean, for me, for my money, Crusader Kings 3, biggest release this week. Tropico 6, like I said, is a, the next-gen up, update. Of uh, or at least the physical version of that on PS5. Weird West is like a action RPG, uh, Wild West thing. I don't know. It's gotten mixed reviews. Anyway, that's all for the new releases this week. Travis, let's start to wrap the show up here for these fine folks by discussing what we have been playing. What have you been up to? Uh, I played Gran Turismo this week, obviously, and um, as you noticed. Was it Monday night or Tuesday night? I was popping trophies like a motherfucker. Uh huh. I was grinding pretty hard Sunday night, and I basically got myself in a position to um, pop a bunch of trophies the next time I got on. And I didn't, I didn't do it on purpose, but like it would have been, it was a perfect setup to like actually have done a live stream because I was popping trophies like every five minutes, like it was something. It was like pop, 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 pop. It was crazy, but um, I didn't, um, I didn't think about that until afterward. But anyway, um. Sure. I have a couple big trophies left, like driving online with friends and uh, or with people, and then driving an oval so many miles. But John told me that if you go to an online lobby, basically, if you get a bunch of people in the lobby, it will multiply your miles. And then if you just pick an oval, obviously, you could kill three trophy birds with one stone. So I think John's going to help me um, trophy farm this weekend a little bit. Mm-hmm. And once I have those three. All I'll have left is buying three legendary cars that went to Lamar and won, which there's a debate about what those cars even are online. And then oh, wow. doing 50 races of GT sport mode online. Um, so th- that I'll get that anyway. Like, I don't need help with that. I'll get that eventually. I, I would love to know what these legends cars are so I could buy those. That would be lovely. And I am not beneath buying the fucking credits just so I can have the trophy. If I need one trophy to get a platinum, I'm going to buy it. I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing I did was, you know, you have to do one race online to get a trophy. So I was like, I'll, I'll do a really quick race online just to get it out of the way. And there was a race with the, with the go-karts and the go-karts are traditionally a shit show on, on GT games. And it was undrivable on GT sport. Like literally, First, they are much better to drive on this game than they were. So it's a huge improvement. They actually drive like go-karts. Nice. It's awesome. That being said, it is a driver rating and safety rating nightmare. Like, it oh. was fucking outrageous. So first of all, like, I do my time trial. I knew it was going to be like this, but I just wanted, I thought it'd be fun. I, you know, mm-hmm. you do your time trial before the race to have a qualifying time. I qualified ninth out of 12, and I was like, like the world record, I was probably a second, one point three off, which I was okay with. I was okay with that. I could live with that, and because like that track's so short, the carts are all the same. Like 
it's farther away than it feels uh, from the from the world record. But anyway, I've always been a better driver than a qualifier. I'm not a hot lapper. I've never been good at that. So within the second lap, I think there was like six laps. By lap two, I'm in third. Like I've passed six six cars. I'm I'm cooking. Everything went downhill immediately. A guy pit maneuvered me through the chicane, not on purpose. He just it happens. In those carts, it happens. So I did a I did a 180, fell back to ninth. Then I spun myself out trying to catch up, which put me in eleventh. Mm. And then I got past going into a turn, and the guy stopped on the apex basically, which I wasn't expecting. I then punted him into a wall and got a two second penalty. So um, came in last. Um, <laughs> it, it was it. an absolute disaster, <laughs> but I had a blast. <laughs> I love it. So, whatever, but yeah, that was all I did. So. Yeah, my plan this weekend is to get those three trophies I could get. And um, hopefully we'll get that update soon. That expands the legendary car market so I can actually uh, get that other trophy. Yeah, so I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. More of that. I'm still really engaged in that. And the game is quite good. It's quite good. And I think that the... The thing that really stands out to me, other than the gunplay on the dual sense, which is fin- is fantastic, is the quest design. That's something that CD Projekt Red is kind of known for, because I've been sucked in this week into playing a lot of the side quests. I uh, haven't haven't really progressed at all in the main story this week, um, because all the side quests are really cool. Like, I'll give you the premise of one that I played last night. So, long story short, there's a a man and a woman. Who uh, love each other? I think I'd already. T- yeah, they love each other. And when a man and a woman loves each other, Travis. No, I think I told you at lunch the other day actually that I was doing a mission that the mayor had been murdered, yeah. and I was investigating who murdered the mayor. So those people called me back for another mission uh, that hired me to investigate the mayor's murder. So the they the man in this marriage is running to replace the dead mayor, and they said that. Someone had broken into his house and he got up in the middle of the night and shot at him, but there's no evidence of it, but he knows it happened and so on and so forth. So anyway, come to find out that they have a, there's whatever political party that they're running mayor for has put them up in this penthouse and the penthouse has like a built in secure hidden security room. They've been being monitored around the clock 24 seven and they've been injecting nanotechnology in their brain basically to change their personality and their beliefs and the thing yeah to change their personality and their beliefs and the things that they like and this and that to make basically like the perfect political candidate for the party so they've been getting mind controlled and uh so anyway just really interesting like stories well written and um so that's got me kind of sucked in i'm really enjoying playing that still i'm i'm over halfway through the game and uh hopefully i'll i don't know i'll probably it'll probably be a few more weeks before i'm done with it but Still, yeah, still enjoying it quite a bit. And then I played some Crusader Kings 3, as you mentioned. I uh, picked that up and launched on Tuesday. As you know, I'm a big big strategy management game nerd, and I posted uh, what I hope will be a first episode of my journey (laughs) with my first playthrough of the game. I'm still trying to figure it out, and I... I knew going into it that it was going to require some patience just to learn all of the different systems and the things that are going on. But what I'm also finding out is that, you know, you just got to play the game too, because if you try to sit and learn everything and 
obsess over knowing everything that's going on and you're, you're going to miss out. So I think that some of the beauty of the game is when things come crashing down on you because you didn't account for something or you didn't realize something was about to happen or whatever. So I am trying to figure out, you know, the basics and, and whatnot, but I, that game is like I said on the video, it's a mile wide and a mile deep <laughs> and you you can get as far into the weeds as you want to. And I, te- I was texting with you and I kind of compared it to, it's like a very adult intricate version of mm-hmm. risk is what it is and i'm into that i'm very into that so i on the video i was having trouble trying to figure out how to de- how to declare war there's a couple of assholes in northern ireland that shock have have a have a, have a territory that i want that daddy wants so i got to figure out how to declare war on them I have way more soldiers than they do by way of alliances through marriage through some strategic marriages of my children. I'm marrying everyone off to get uh, more people in my army I love and it so much. trying to get, you know, people, women that are you know, very fertile that are going to give me some grandchildren so that my dynasty lives on whatnot. And again, I'm just getting into this. So there's a lot that I still don't know, but I did read in one of the reviews because it has like an 87 on Metacritic right now. I was reading in one of the reviews that. Your the game doesn't end until all of your dynasty is killed. Okay. So if you have a great great grandson and he's somehow in Russia because you married married people off and they had a a kid, you know, with someone in Russia or whatever, for instance, then all your other people die in Ireland, for instance. Then uh, the way I'm understanding it is that my game will continue on because I have that heir in Russia. And I could theoretically take over the rest of the world again with that heir, that grandkid in Russia, that 10-year-old kid. And I think that's fantastic. So uh, that just seems so outrageous to me. I can't wait to see how things unfold. So if you're interested in the game or just curious or you want to hear me actually talk over some gameplay for the first time ever, I did that on this YouTube video. Although my sound quality wasn't the greatest, I'm going to have to probably turn the game volume down so it was like fucking blasting and while I was trying to talk and I didn't realize it so anyway love the game so far we'll see how things progress but I think it could be pretty entertaining to see all the fucking shenanigans that go on while I'm just trying to take over the world and then uh also played GTA online on PS5 for the first time this week I, I had downloaded that because it was free obviously and uh, I wanted to see what that was about and like I tweeted out the only thing that I got out of it was just a desire to want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 upgraded for the PS5. And that's what that's what my heart really wants is to have my favorite game brought into the new age. And I don't know if it'll ever happen, but you know, GTA it really it's fine as you say, it's just fine. Like I don't know, it's it looks better, the frame rate's great or whatever, but it's just like I don't think it's held up terribly well mm-hmm. in ways. Uh, I'm sure that GTA six will be great, but it's, I mean, fuck it's, it's a, it's an 11, it's a what? It's a nine year old game. Yeah, at this point. Drive. I mean, it's showing, yeah, <laughs> it's showing its age. So, and then the last thing I did not list here before we go is I bought a game for $7 called Devastator. It released on PS5. Harley this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it is a twin stick shooter. 
and it is fucking fantastic <laughs> so far. I, it is so much fun. I played it for like 40 minutes earlier. It's the most fun I've had with a twin stick shooter, like an arcade style twin stick shooter since like Next Machina or like uh, Super Stardust Delta, uh, both Housemark games. Like if you like Super Stardust Delta, if you like Resogun, you're, you would like this game quite a bit. So uh, it's got three game modes and your boy is 18th in the world and leaderboard already on one of the game modes. So yeah, anyway, that's it. So check that out. Check that out if that sounds appealing to you. Anyway, that's all. That's a pretty lengthy episode for us. Sorry for the novel there at the beginning, but uh, you needed to hear all of it. And uh, we'll get out of here now. If you guys enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you get a new episode every Monday. Also, if you could rate, review, share, we would very much appreciate that. Also, don't forget to find us on social media at the DualSense Pod on Twitter, as well as Instagram and Facebook. You can also check out our blog, which is the dualsensepodcast.wordpress.com. And we would love to hear from you and talk PlayStation. So we'll get out of here. You guys take care. Have a great week. And we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.